head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe MMA podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast the pride of limerick the young man named sean sheehan the mma media don graham mcdonald the severe MMA people that are coming to the local shows way before everyone else. To see them coming up and they're getting their shot. And I'm proud that people are coming up with me. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Severe MMA Podcast. And I suppose it's the last one of the interim podcast. This will have to be the unification podcast as Graham is back <laughs> to, to join me to talk. Mostly next week's uh, UFC and Bellator cards. Uh, but a bit about UFC 239 as well. Graham, it was a busy weekend for both of us. Absolutely insane. How are you? How was your weekend? Yeah, I'm good. I was over in London um, for the weekend, so I uh, didn't get to see the fights live, but I managed to avoid all the results except for the the, the Ben Askren-Masvidal fight because mm-hmm. I just got sent that so many times. <laughs> How did you manage to avoid them? When did you watch them? Uh, I watched them. I, I, I started watching them on Monday. Jeez, so you invited them from Saturday. That's a fair going now. How did you do it? Yeah. Did you just not go on Twitter or not go on Facebook or anything? Yeah, well, like I, I, I went on um, WhatsApp and stuff, but I didn't go on Reddit like I usually would or, or Twitter or whatever. And when I stopped, another way you can stop notifications for like a little bit yeah. on, on your phone. So I stopped it. Just uh, And I wasn't always in uh, in the internet as well because, you know... Uh, in london as well but uh yeah it's it's very difficult to avoid you keep nearly so many times you nearly click on things just out of instinct Mm -hmm. that you always click on you know what i mean and nearly nearly ruined for myself i've developed like uh a way to avoid spoilers just when i'm kind of flicking through it even like love island or something like that i never watched it live and i see something like no i'm just not looking i just immediately i see one word i like if it's a fight or a you know the game of soccer or whatever that i want to see later on i just i don't know i think i've developed like this this filter for spoilers which is very useful and, you know, <laughs> people as well if you do get spoiled it's your own fucking fault like people when i was during game of thrones when i tweeted something about it for fuck's sake even spoilers like either stay off the fucking internet or watch it live like there those are your two options don't blame fucking me for your stupidity i hate that shit as well so there's no such thing as spoilers okay if it's a film and it's only in the cinema fair enough you shouldn't be tweeting about that for like you know a month or whatever that's a hundred percent fair enough but if a tv show live on tv and the person can't stay off the internet for four hours without watching it or, or a soccer <laughs> match or yeah sometimes people just they just blame whoever spoiled it for them but it's really their fault for for clicking on it but it is like it is annoying if you've managed to avoid and then you see it but yeah it's it's, it's only it's only not your fault when it's somebody like kobe covington but then it's also if you're following kobe covington it's kind of still your fault but then you have people like sandu retweeting Mm -hmm. saying how much of a disgrace it is so that would would annoy me more than yeah i hate that shit yeah and it, it also like it's not just that but it's like these political things as well it's like how are these lads getting us at you know a thing how how is this video allowed to be published and you're as you quote tweet the video like i wouldn't have seen that video unless you quote tweeted and sent it out like you know the people are always sharing it around being like yeah. do not click this this is terrible it's yeah like, like you just shared it like and I, I used to do that as well the odd time but then i realized how fucking stupid it was and i never do it anymore never like it's it's ridiculous but however anyway all right so you didn't get spoiled for john jones versus chago santos after watching we won't you know we won't go through the whole thing because i did it on the, the interim podcast but how how did you score it I scored at 49-46 for Jones. Really? What, so what yeah. rounds did you give Jones? I gave him everything but the first. Really? Jesus. You didn't give him the fi- you didn't give Santos the fifth? No. How come? No. 
I just thought Jones was making a miss um, a lot, and I think the leg kicks to the, the front leg, not the not the injured back left leg, were were just completely downplayed by every, every the commentators wouldn't even mention them. But if Santos did anything, even whiff on a punch or mm-hmm. glance, and the, the commentators are going mad, and the crowd, and all, obviously that's. We talked about this before with Anderson Silva and stuff. If you know, if it was the exact opposite way around, I don't think there'd be much dispute over who won the last four rounds. If yeah. if Santos had done the exact same things to Jones that, that Jones had done to Santos, like I think people wouldn't be so uh like the, the, there's the thing of like we don't like John Jones, fair enough, but there's also the thing of like we expect more from John Jones just mm-hmm. subconsciously, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And you have to score it fight. It wasn't like you know, these rounds weren't like, you know, oh this is this is a blowout round round or anything and it, the fight could have been very different if uh, if the knee didn't go, but uh, the way it went I think was was clear enough to be honest for one i don't know I, I watched it again i don't think it was clear by any means i think there was a lot of well, close the rounds, rounds. Were, rounds were close and yeah but i don't think it was like you know people saying that oh, i was a robbery and stuff i'm just like no it wasn't a robbery I definitely wasn't a robbery, no look I, I think rounds one three and four were uh you know santos won one three and four jones 100 percent. i think it was two and five i watched him back again and five was I, I gave it to Santos, but I can see what you're saying. I, I could have seen it for Jones as well because his knees were hurt, and it's you know even when yeah, those, those knees oblique kicks are people. I don't think people realize how vicious they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> like high percenting your knee like like that repeatedly, and I know um, maybe it plays into it a bit as well that he, you know you know that Thiago Santos is compromised as well, so you're kind of giving him more credit for things when he throws like a kind of wild enough. But do you kick, think yeah. do you think your Jones is getting credit for his knees being hurt, even though Jones really wasn't the one to hurt his knees in the in the well, he second? Did. He anyway. dodged the kick, and that's what and the bad technique of throwing wild. Yeah, uh, but that's not you, that's not you know, like that's he, you hurting yourself. It, yeah, but it's it, well, Jones dodging the kick was played a factor. Yeah, but he like, never you know. touched him. Like you know, if you fall over and break your ankle after someone you know goes for a takedown on you, that's not them hurting you. That's just you making a fuck up. Like. Yeah, but if if you see somebody throwing like a big wild leg kick and you get out of the way and they're not in control of their body because they don't have anything to, the leg to stop like they expect your leg to stop their kind of uh, momentum. Yeah, but you're not going to get scored for I, that. Like, I know it's not. Yeah, I know. Like it's it's not like the Weidman Silva thing where it's a hard check, but it it wasn't as if like John Jones had no impact in in him injuring himself. If if John Jones hadn't moved out of the way and had a, been kicked in the leg, like probably Santos's knee wouldn't have buckled. Yeah, like to me watching it the second time, I was unsure the first time because of round Good two time. and now i think i'm unsure because of round five maybe i think that was closer i think round two, round two was did he not land a, like a really clean elbow a couple of really clean elbows and a jumping knee or not really no i didn't I, like i watched round two again i thought santos won it on the second round to be on the or second which, round, to be which, third round which one was the one was where the third he, round, he, yeah. he leaped him in, the re- in the head and went over over his head uh, it was the third round, I think. Yeah, the second round was the one was where... A couple of big elbows in the second no, round. No, no. The second round was the one... I just mm. literally just watched it there. The second round was the one where he kind of kicked him to the chest and it looked like he knocked him down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was yeah, actually yeah. just his no, knees that buckling. Was a, that was, yeah, that was a slip. Yeah. yeah. See, that's, I, I, that's the thing as well. I was talking to someone about it and I mentioned on the other part. He podcast. did land to the body, but it wasn't what put him down. It yeah. was the awkward kind of knee movement. But if you're at the other side of the cage or, you you know, if you're the judge at the other side of the cage or you're the judge right behind it, can, you can't even see that. Like, you might think he him in the head and he knocked him out. It looked like a knockdown, even kind of live. Like I, I think you know, watching it back, you can kind of see it more clearly. But live at the time, and like in that round, Thiago Santos definitely landed the harder punches. In watch the 20, first twenty seconds of that round, even he landed three or four punches in that. That was the first time, kind of. There was one other punch, like the Leo Machida punch. I'm not sure what round it was in, but that was the biggest 
tr- not not trouble, but that was the, the the biggest shot that Thiago Santos landed in the whole fight. I think in the first twenty seconds of that second round, and Jones didn't do much after that. Like he wasn't, it, and it's all about effective striking here in terms of power and. Uh, uh, you know strikes that hurt it's not just about landing your jab and landing your uh, knees and everything which is another point and i think it's worth discussing as well like uh, for me i feel like john jones's style is a style that's not going to work for him on judges cards going forward as much because of the the way judging is is changing because it's a, more about one big shot and uh damage now than it ever has been it's not about you know either laying on top of a guy and and wrestling him out or jabbing him up and and staying behind your jab and working from from distance like john jones is really good at dodging shots and he won the fight because of that he dodged so many shots and it was a close fight because of that because he dodged so many shots but if he was eating one or two more of them it would have been a clear fight for santos and that's the thing if he fights someone who does land those clear one two three four shots per fight even he's gonna lose because john jones is not this big um you know power shot guy he okay he landed the big head kick against carmy and he's done it in the past no doubt about it but he you know the, the fight the five rounds at the weekend he didn't land like one concussive blow in that whole fight did he do you like do you think there's, there's a point there to be made if someone can do it and you know i talked about before about, i think I think the 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 the, uh, the elbow from from Sant or on Santos uh, to the side of the head probably and the, and the jumping knee were probably the, the if anything was concussive in the fight they were probably the most the two most I think Santos landed a couple of times but I think it was always John jo- Jones wasn't mo- was moving away or kind of slid with the punch or it didn't seem to land all that clean on Jones like the, the thing that did land the cleanest was the calf kicks and mm-hmm. uh, I I've talked about this years ago about how skinny Jones's calves are and so yeah. he to target them and. It's definitely effective. Uh, um, if he hadn't like hurt he, his leg, he, he would probably throw more at him too. Yeah, Jones seemed to hurt his leg too. I don't know if he was hamming it up a little bit afterwards, being carried out by his yeah. brother and thing. But I, I like, I'd say he did have a hurt leg because those were some hard calf kicks he ate early and moving around on, on that. Maybe, but I think Santos definitely had the the bigger injury in in that left knee. It looked like something moved in his knee popped or moved or something happened anyway and he's he's obviously really <laughs> really tough and just kind of he's like he just kept throwing it like obviously it's easier to throw it than the balance on it uh, in a lot of situations with, with knee injuries but he still it didn't it didn't seem to to hold him back really that much like mm-hmm. f- for for what it could have done like when that happened you're like oh this could be yeah this could be the end now and that was early in the fight that was like, the first round so he did really well like and he's he's done he's, he's done enough to deserve a rematch I, I i agree but i think if that rematch as the ambulance passes here comes the ambulance for john jones taking him out of the octagon uh i i think he's done enough for a rematch but i also think that John Jones absolutely smash him in a rematch. I really do. I think it'll be a lot easier. You know, John Jones is yeah. going to get better. And yeah, and John Jones did kind of do what we talked about before. He played into Santos's game yeah. and beat him at his own game. He could have wrestled him if he wanted, especially on one leg or no legs by the end, nearly. But he didn't. Well, he could have tried to at least, and and at least made that a a worry for Santos. But he didn't. He went out there and, as he said, kind of trying to pick himself up afterwards. Like he he outstruck a, a Muay Thai black belt. Yeah, do you think? Um, even though that doesn't exist, but you think, um, like we always talk about in MMA, the only sure thing in MMA is that your favorite fighter and the best fighter in the world in a few years won't be the best fighter in the world anymore. They will lose and they will get beaten up and stuff. Like to me, and I don't know if I said on the the, the interim podcast or the Q and A, which will be out tomorrow, but John Jones 
is playing with fire as he does that, isn't he? Like, that's not the smartest thing to do from a guy we know as the, you know, the master game planner. Yeah. That's, that's dangerous. Like, it's grand for 25, 26-year-old yeah, John Jones. But what about 35, 36-year-old John Jones in a couple of years? Yeah, maybe, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a mental thing where where if he does lose that way, he'd be like, ah, well, I can just, I can just beat him again if I fight smart. Kind of giving himself an out. Like I, I, John Jones is a strange guy. Like he used to do that with the drugs and stuff as well, didn't he? Have cocaine the week before, so he'd give himself an out. Yeah, well, that's what people were saying. Like some people are like that. Like you know, who knows? Like John Jones has obviously got a. He must have a really good mentality if he's stepping into uh, cages with people like Jaco Santos and fighting. Um, not what he knows. He must know, and his team knows. It's not the smartest, easiest way to victory fight mm-hmm. style. So. He must have some some serious balls on it, so maybe that's not it. But it's it's yeah, it's it's gonna catch up with you. Like uh, Anderson Silva was like, you know, in a different way, like clearing around. Like everybody said for years, it's gonna catch up with you. It's gonna catch up with you, and it didn't for years. But in the end, it did. Mm-hmm. Um, he got knocked out, and uh, that was basically the end of Anderson Silva as as the Anderson Silva everybody everybody knew as the best ever. That was that was him done. Yeah. That, that so that true. could happen to Jones. Like he could get it will happen. Knocked, knocked out cold, and he could never be the same again. Yeah. Like so, he's <laughs> you got to be careful going out there with people who hit as hard and throw as wild and strong as as Santos. And I think he looks like he, he definitely throws wild. But is, as Jones said afterwards, he does have a more technique than you'd for, at first glance. You mm-hmm. think because like <laughs> if you can go if you if you can go like kind of punch for punch or kick for kick with John Jones and have some people saying you won the fight or you you won these rounds or whatever like you're obviously it's not just a wild man out there prone for the fences there's obviously a lot of technique behind there yeah uh, I and agree from that Santos you know that's a big mm-hmm. first first time and in a big main event against against a champion for a belt, so uh, he went in there, got injured. It'll give him confidence. Like he he'd be I looking going off. If, I didn't, this, if yeah. I didn't have this injury here, I, I could have won this. Like and yeah. uh, he'll go back and look at things, and maybe Jones obviously is going to look at things. He said, "Oh, uh, I was kind of waiting for somebody to kick my calves in a fight, and now they did it, and mm-hmm. now I'm going to close that hole in my game, and it won't be a problem again." But if he knew somebody was going to target that before, why didn't he? Why didn't he sort it out before? That's true. That's true. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah. like it's, he doesn't have many weaknesses, Jones. But if you look at his body, like the, the calves are smaller in proportion to the rest of his frame. Mm-hmm. Three, okay, three things before uh, before we move on. What, did Tiago Santos fight John Jones and perform better than Daniel Cormier twice? Yeah, yeah, I think he did. Yeah, so did I. Okay, who's next for John I think maybe, Jones? Maybe Jones might have taken the Cormier fights more serious, possibly. Yeah, but then who's next for John Jones? And is the, the answer's probably Daniel Cormier, isn't it? <laughs> it's probably San- Santos, depending on that injury. I, I don't think that's going to happen. You know, and the third question was, Dan White saying you should never judge again after uh, if you if you judge this for Santos, which I, which I thought was one of the most ludicrous things ever when it's such a close fight. You know, If you say that, maybe you should never fucking promote another uh, MMA event. I think it's a problem. Probably, probably yeah, well, Dana thing. said whatever. Yeah, you can make yeah. a list, long list of silly things Dana said. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, let's move on. The, the comment event then, and we won't spend too much time in the rest of the car. But uh, Amanda Nunes versus Holly Holm. This to me was like we all you have to talk about in this fight was Amanda Nunes is the greatest fighter of all time. She made Holly Holm look like what John, what we expected John Jones to make Tiago Santos look like. You know, she and and even easier. You know, she made. 
Holly Holm look like, you know, the number seven contender after you've beaten the other six. That's what she made her look like. Like, And Holly Holm is one of the greatest fighters ever as well. You know, she beat Ronda Rousey and she's lots of good wins. You have a former UFC champion, a very, very good fighter. And she just made it look easy. Amanda Nunes is just, she's brilliant, isn't she? She's just so fantastic. Yeah, she she just she dominated. Um, she she couldn't. She kind of went for the takedown and couldn't get it. Maybe that was probably where I thought that she'd have more uh, dominance. But on the feet, she just looked. She just looked much better than Holly Holm. Um, faster, more crisp, popping her punches. Uh, more aggressive as well. Like Holly Holm's never been the most aggressive uh, striker, but she she kind of has historically a way of kind of making or getting other girls to fight in her kind of pace or her kind of game but Amanda Nunes have none of that um I, I noticed in the fight that she was circling Holly Holm was circling a lot to the left into into that pair so mm-hmm. um maybe that was something they saw that that head kick was going to be available and uh, obviously it hit with the foot it didn't hit with the toes it hit with the foot but it, it, it had some power behind it because usually usually it would be a shin that would put you down and the yeah. foot maybe would stun you but it put Holly down and uh, the stoppage could maybe could have went a little bit longer but I, I think it was just a matter of time I thought it was alright to be honest I think he it was Mark Goddard he, he got, she got knocked down she took the one big shot and then she took two shots that were not defended at all so i think that's okay if he'd stopped it after the one first shot and not given her a chance to have two kind of undefended shots you know in the championship fight i would have complained about that but not after the other two i, I thought it was all right and, you know you you said and i mentioned this in the like if, if it had been stopped the other way and amanda Nunes had lost her belt like that i think there probably would have been more mm, maybe maybe I think people kind of give maybe subconsciously give a little bit more to the champion and the favorite is kind of or the the underdog, you know. It kind of all that kind of stuff plays into uh, subconsciously. I think plays into for the for the fans anyway. I think definitely not for the referee and the judge and stuff, but I do think for the fans. Yeah, you are right. And like, you know, the 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 thing is as well that that does happen a lot with you know the 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 judging in terms of the fans judging the fight not the judges judging the fight we do that as well oh, you have to beat the chap to, to beat the chap and that, I don't think that's as bad because or I think that's worse the, the the judging thing from from the fans point of view but I think the stoppage thing like that is it is not it is kind of human nature you know <laughs> you're kind of expecting it and you know the one thing as well you know you should see me circling to right and I think I think Nunes made her circle to the right, especially towards the end of the fight, because that big left hook that she threw and hurt her with that left hook as well. I think he was probably a little bit, I don't know if concussed, but definitely a little bit rock still from that left hook. She landed maybe 15, 20 seconds beforehand and opened her wide open. But to me, like, the most insane thing was, you know, we talked about last week how Holly Holm is unbelievably excellent at keeping that long distance and being ultra, ultra defensive from that long distance. But Amanda Nunes' ability to close that distance and get her into exchanges is unbelievable. No no one has ever done that to Holly Holm before. You know, for, for you know, a round and a half, two rounds, whatever it was anyway. No one has done it before. And to land that big head kick, it was probably coming because of her ability to get her into those exchanges. So that was, that was unbelievably good. What did you think of Masvidal? KOing Ben Askren. Oh, How shook were uh, <laughs> uh, Once I saw like the the, the the length of the video, I kind of knew it was going to be a quick finish. But mm. for Masvidal, but I didn't definitely didn't expect that. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> were you hoping your nine to one Ben Askren KO bet was going oh. up when you saw five second video? No, I, I knew that was done. Uh, <laughs> uh, I still stand by that that eleven to one or ten to one was was a great price yeah, for for that meta the victory. Yeah, uh, I did say it probably wouldn't happen, but you, um, when you see a wide odds like that, it's worth it's worth a tenner sometimes. But um, 
yeah, fucking hell, what a fucking like, what a way to shut his mouth. Like Masvidal, like he couldn't if he had a framed or if he had to sat down with his mates and his team and wrote a more perfect story like you know i'm gonna knock him out brutally he's gonna be out before he even starts falling and then i'm gonna hammer fist him coffin nail him twice and count him out while shouting in his face and celebrate and he's not gonna wake up for minutes that he's not gonna like it just could have been i think for masvidal it was like literally even better than the perfect scenario in his head yeah it's these early knockouts he, he obviously planned this like but yeah he obviously like you know and if he goes for that jumping knee and gets taken down like conor mcgregor people are, like, yeah. people are like what the fuck is wrong with this guy mm-hmm. you know are, are you stupid or something like if he goes out there and gets taken down and ground impounded or, or submitted or just dominated or like people are just like this guy's an idiot so yeah, like you know correct. he took a big chance yeah. there and when it works it looks fantastic and when you miss, like when you, you, you like, he could throw that exact same knee and hit the shoulder instead of the side of the face and get taken down mm-hmm. by like an inch, two inches, and it's completely different. And he looks stupid, but you know what they say: you got to risk it. To, you got to risk all to, to win all. That's what happened with McGregor and Habib. Like that was the first yeah. thing I thought of. You know, McGregor went for that exact same sort of line, maybe so, a little so bit close later. as well. Yeah, and and got taken down from him. Lost the fight. You know, from there, he was, his wind was taken out of him. He spent the whole round on the ground, and yeah. there he fought. Was fight was basically yeah. fought. Or so, an inch to the right maybe it would have been flat out on his back yeah fucking undisputed best ever whatever people be saying like you know and that's the difference in mma that's mm-hmm. the slight differences and it's funny then because we you know we're okay we're always going to bring it back to mcgregor a lot and it's unfortunate we do that but we have to bring in this case because the only real comparable knockout okay there's a few but in a kind of a big stage fight like that was mcgregor versus aldo you know it was so similar it was just a quick knockout i was like oh fuck it's all over and the big build up and the big kind of hatred between them and whatever was evident in both of these fights and the thing to me is like you know you can argue after McGregor Aldo you can af- argue after Askren Masvidal that that wasn't a real fucking fight like there was it lasted 11 seconds lasted 4 seconds or whatever like who's the better fighter we don't know he landed one kick and it was all over but all of those arguments are just just null and void because it's like I beat you in four seconds, man. I, I like what are you talking about? Who's the better fighter? The knockout, the knockout speaks for itself. Yeah, exactly. Kind of it's, them, Chad Mendes. Yeah, it's exactly. It's like all those arguments are you could say valid, right? But they're t- made totally invalid by what happened. It's weird. It's like been asked. Yeah, well, I understand it. It makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> you, what like, can you it's say a fight, like? and you got knocked out unconscious. Like it's yeah. it is what it is. Yeah, what, what, it is. What, can yeah. what can you say? Like I thought Ben Askren was very good on on Ariel show yesterday. He kept talking about confirmation bias and stuff, and he took it yeah. very well. Like yeah, he was like, "Oh, did you regret that shot? Uh, did you do anything wrong?" Ariel was asking him, and he was like, it "Would be easy to say yes because I got knocked out." <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know that, that's but the way. Nineteen, nineteen and a half times. <laughs> that's that's the way it works, though. Because like we look at Masvidal and say, "Oh, that's one of the." I, I tweeted that that's one of the greatest knockouts of all time. And then I've criticized Conor McGregor loads of times since that Aldo fight or since the Habib fight for throwing that knee. That's it's weird. It's the exact same technique. The exact same thing was done. And I suppose the only difference was Habib ducked under it, moved his head out the way, and got the takedown. Whereas Askren was just wide open for it and took it. And that's I think the difference as well. As we you know fair play to Masvidal and all that. But Askren, we've said this. We've told everyone that that this was going to happen to Vin Askren. I said it on the podcast last week that this was going to happen to Vin Askren. He is. He was exposed, and I think he was exposed in the in the Robbie Lawler fight, and, you know, exposed is a harsh word in MMA, but when you're someone as one-dimensional as Ben Askren, this was always going to happen, really, wasn't it? You know, he was always going to get knocked out at some stage. Maybe not Masvidal, but someone was always yeah. going to knock him out. 
Yeah, well, he had some. Well, I can't remember the guy guy's name that he had trouble with over in One FC, and it yeah. turned into a no contest. But we all like we hadn't seen a striker in a long time, but we knew it was nowhere near the the, the elite level of, of no, not even anywhere near a good standard compared to most in in his division in the UFC and in Bellator. Um, like being one dimensional usually doesn't work and like Askren's made a pretty good career of it like you know he's 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 known lover him or hate him people people give a shit about him so mm. he's, he's 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 done well especially for a guy who's only got two fights in the UFC and one very controversial win in the UFC only so he's done well for himself and he, he did well in the interview afterwards he with uh Helwani that I saw as well like he he probably maybe won a few people around there like uh but yeah I think I think we all kind of knew that if he doesn't get that initial takedown straight away, he's in he's in big trouble against any of these guys at the the top of these divisions mm. or this division. Yeah, hundred um, percent. And Masvidal, do you think Masvidal gets a title shot? He is, but he is very very good at being relentless and getting yeah, that takedown. So yeah, he will cause a lot of trouble for a lot of guys. Like mm-hmm. Masvidal takedown or Masvidal uh, title shot against Usman next, do you reckon, or Colby Robbie? Um, Dana, Dana, Dana was talking about. Usman not knowing when he's going to be cleared. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I must have missed that. I don't know what happened. What's happening with Usman? I don't know. He's injured anyway. I don't. I don't. I don't know if it's come out or not. But Dana he's... seemed to. Dana seemed to be, the way Dana was talking, it seemed to be like something they didn't know what was going on or something. Yeah. But maybe that's just Dana not knowing what's going on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, I think he's he's like Darren Hill KO'd him, KO'd Ben Askren. Nobody else is really screaming for it or deserves it more. So yeah, I think. I think it makes sense. Yeah, and especially not Colby because he's so annoying. Like no one, wants, <laughs> no one wants. Like the problem with Colby is no one wants to see him get a title shot because he's such a dickhead, and then no one wants to see that fight because it's going to be so boring because it's two wrestlers. It's probably going to turn into a shitty kickboxing match. So, like the problem with the welterweight division is they have so many high class fighters, but most of them are fucking wrestlers and are going to be boring. Well, not most of them, but a lot of them. You know, Colby, uh, Usman, Askren, all wrestlers. Like and very not totally one dimensional as, as Askren, but Colby is pretty one dimensional. Usman is is better than that. I think. Usman is a very very good fighter but he's wrestle heavy as well so you know, that that division is is exciting in terms of what's going on outside the octagon but I don't think there's going to be many great fights like the, the Mazda fight I didn't think that'd be a great fight okay it was a great knockout but I don't think it was ever going to be a great 15 minute fight it was going to be someone winning one way or the other and I think you know, yeah. I don't think there's many recipes for great fights in, at the welterweight division at all Come, like if you look at lightweight there's a recipe Masvidal for has kind of like he's come into his own now like he he's has, he's made like a name for himself even before the fight like he's he, he spoke well he he seems to understand a little bit better on the Hawani show he was talking about, I can't remember his mate's name or uh, did you see that interview no I didn't he's, he's, he was talking that oh it's, it's, since he brought this guy in this guy just like you know if he doesn't go on social media himself this guy if you need to see anything he shows it to him this guy kind of advises him Ariel asked him a couple of questions he turned to this guy so they answer the guy's like either yes or no so he's he's trying to you know he's, he said he's not Mazda said he's not really a social media guy he's not really good at cutting promos or doing interviews but this guy seems to be helping him kind of I don't know, uh, put himself out there better. And you can, you can go out and knock everybody out all you want. Uh, uh, MMA fans will love it, but for the casual fans, you, you need this side of the game. You need the social media. You need to talk. You need to do interviews. You need to say interesting things or people just won't care. Mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. What about uh, what about Luke Rockall before we, we move on? Uh, uh, um, I actually need to go back and watch. When was that kick initiated? Was 
at the end of the round. I think he just threw it as the bell was landing. I, I thought it was okay, to be honest. Uh, you know, I, it was one of those ones as well that Herb Dean should be fucking in there quicker. Like, I blame the referee for those more than fighters. The referee should be in and yeah. he should drive him away. Like, what about Herzog on the Askren? Knockout. What? Uh, what He's he like, on your side of the octagon. Yeah, but the fight is just starting. Like, you can't get right. If he was yeah. any closer, he would have been in fucking Masvidal's way. Like, you think? I don't know. He was like. He did once. Once he the the, the knockout happened, he was very quick to react, but yeah. he had to cover a lot of distance, and yeah, he did it really quickly <laughs> and really well. He spun around like he circled around yeah, nicely to make sure Masvidal didn't land anymore. Yeah, but and make sure Masvidal didn't jump back on him. He, he, it wasn't a bad job, but for Herzog, like he was usually flawless, close to flawless. I think that was probably really. But, uh, I uh, that was my initial thought as well, but I I thought about it again in five seconds. Like, you, what can you do? He was in as quickly as he could be in the end. Okay, like. The t- problem with that is as well, when, okay, you, you can be closer. If Masvidal had just come in and say, throwing a jab and a right hand up through the middle, I think he would have been closer. But the fact that he saw Masvidal sprinting, he's like, oh, jeez, I can't get closer to this because I'm going to get in the way. Uh, no, yeah. I, I wouldn't fault him for that at all. I, I think it was all right, to be honest, but however. Um, right, let's move on here to next week's cards. And the first one I want to talk about for the UFC is the uh, the Bellator uh, card. Obviously, in the, the main event, you have Julia Bott against Olga Rubin, who we saw fighting over in, in Dublin in that uh, that um, uh, Bellator card. Uh, so that's the uh, the featherweight title, I believe, or is it the bantamweight title on the line? The featherweight title, yeah. So that should be a good fight. You know, Julia Bott is someone who's been around for a long time. Uh, and, you know, Olga Rubin is, is not joke she was impressive in that in that Dublin fight so that should be a, a good fight but the, the main two fights I suppose uh, on this card Kiefer Crosby fighting Jonathan Gary obviously Kiefer Crosby from Ireland and uh, Will Flory as well fighting uh, Antonio Jones and I suppose the, the kind of the main thing here for from the Irish perspective is you know we, when we heard about all these lads getting signed I suppose we thought about them fighting in Dublin and Birmingham and London and stuff but I, I think it's good the fact that they're fighting over in America now a few fights and maybe they see Will Flurry and Kiefer Crosby as maybe the ones they can push a little bit further. I know they'll probably be on the Ireland card as well in September if they win here if they come out unscathed. But I, I think it's a good thing overall that, that you know they're, they're not just pushing these guys as you know the <coughs> the Bama series. Yeah, local talent kind of, yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's these are good fights as well for him. I suppose, you know, for, for Kiefer Crosby it's you know his his opponent's record is thirteen eleven and two, which isn't great, I suppose. But it's a lot of experience for to fight against a guy in your seventh fight. And you know Will Flory as well. He's five and one. He's fighting a guy who's seven and two. And Antonio Jones, you know, who was um, on the Dana White contender series in his his last fight, he lost to Edmund Shabazzian, who was really really good at the weekend as well. So, you know, you yeah, twenty six uh, fights. Like uh, I know he's he's lost his last three, but you know he's fighting people you've heard of like uh, Sean Sariano, Cody Fister, Isaac Valley Flag, you know, not exactly the the upper echelon guys, but he's mm-hmm. he's been in there with some good guys. He's got a lot of experience. Um it's a good test for for Kiefer. Uh Kiefer's 6 and 0 now, so he's it probably is time for the step up to a more experienced guy and it'd be interesting to see how he does. I I think he's uh He's he's obviously known as a striker for years, even at the amateur. But I think his his game is much more well rounded now, and he he's shown that in recent fights with his triangle choke a, a few fights back, or a few years back, and just his his calmness in the on the ground. You know, if you look back to when he was an amateur, we we watched him fight Io Daly, and back then it was like oh, if he got caught in a submission you, or in a precarious situation, you kind of thought it might be over. But now that's Maybe I'm speaking too soon here, but I think he's he's closing that 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 hole in his game from the looks of things. But this guy will will have a few tricks, a good bit of experience. He won't 
he probably won't be an easy out so uh, I'd be interested to see what this fight looks like yeah and like as well I think the point has to be made that a lot of these guys in their maybe early fights and especially those couple of Bellator fights where the matchmaking was very very one-sided um, that it's tough to know how good they actually are and when you're fighting a guy okay he's not the best guy in the world but he's a lot of experience say if you beat him and then you move up to maybe fight a guy who's 5 and 6 and all as well that's the kind of move you need you know we talked about it with, with Aaron Pico we talked about it with MVP and loads of different people it's just moving on and on you know I don't, you don't want to see Kiefer Crosby fighting someone you know who's like 17 and 1 in his seventh fight you know i don't think that makes sense matchmaking but this matchmaking i, th- I think is is pretty good and uh let, let's see how it goes and i suppose then the the kind of there's a mini irish card here and the main event of that would be leslie smith versus sinead kavanagh you know sinead kavanagh has been kind of threatening she's she's five and three but i think she's threatening to to, to take off a big name there for a while um and she's you know she i think everyone you know conor mcgregor i think a few years ago said she's the the next one she's the the, the, the female conor mcgregor or something and okay it hasn't gone too well with five and three she's only won one fight in the last couple of years but this is a big fight for Sinead Cavan as well at 145 I think her best weight class and she's fighting Leslie Smith who has fought a lot lower so it's a big name and yeah. a big fight isn't it yeah hopefully she can make the weight she's had some some trouble making weight in the past and her um her ground game I think I haven't seen it in a while but I think it definitely still needs work but if if, if you're on the feet with Sinead Cavanagh, she throws with a lot of power she's a really good boxer for, uh boxing experience from the past so it, it, it's just about that takedown and, and grappling game that how how uh, how much has she done or how able has she been to close or try to close that hole in her game because leslie smith is well-rounded and tough if she's losing on the feet and isn't isn't knocked out she she can readjust and and try and take Sinead down and can can Sinead stop them them takedowns mm-hmm. yeah so you know that's an interesting fight and probably you know the, the biggest Irish fight in a, in a good while because you know there hasn't Conor McGregor hasn't been fighting Joseph Duffy fought once and lost this year and uh, you know Artem I suppose fought in the BKB and stuff but that's that's probably the biggest fight of this year, Irish fight of this year so far so you know you James Cavan as well obviously but uh, the, the biggest name and stuff like that so that's a that's James a Gallagher right, what, what did I say <laughs> James Cavanagh. James Cavanagh. John Cavanagh's Jesus. brother. James Cavanagh's brother, yeah, Jesus. <laughs> fighting the at the, the strawweight division. Um, Ed Roos uh, back here fighting again. AJ Azagram, Chidian, Jaquani versus Rafael Carvalho. So a good card all around, not a bad card at all. And I suppose it's on, I presume it's on Sky anyway. I suppose it will be in the, the Bellator app. So yeah, that should be a, that should be fun. Yeah, it's actually, you know, those lads are probably going to be on the Bellator app actually. So we probably won't have a clue when they're going to be fighting. They'll probably say they're the third fight in the card and then they'll be like the first fight. I wonder, fight I wonder which fights card. will be dark. Uh, yeah. Well, we only know when they're about to start. <laughs> right, this this UFC card then uh, the main event is <laughs> Jermaine Durandamy versus Aspen Lad, which is you know I don't think it's going to be. I, I think Jermaine Durandamy is a very very good fighter. I think Aspen Lad is a, is a good improving fighter as well. But oh, God Almighty, I, don't, I just I I don't see the recipe for a Why great fight. Why isn't Uriah Faber the main event? Yeah, I don't know. And it's Sacramento, in Sacramento, so, yeah. uh, maybe he doesn't want to do five rounds. Yeah, he's been fake retired not. for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Could be it. Hashtag MMA retirement. Yeah, and he's fighting Ricky. <laughs> yeah. You know, Ricky Simon is is fifteen and one as well. You know, beat Ronnie Yaya in his last fight, who was a very good fighter. Beat Murib Dashvili two fights ago, who was looking like a, a top prospect coming through. You know, wins over Ch- uh, Chico Camus as well. So, you know. <laughs> your eye favor coming back your eye favor didn't look great and the, the the size up on or not the size up what's it called the rewatch on on uh thursday's your eye favor fight from a while back in which you know he was kind of touching the end of his prime but still kind of 
not great when you look at today's standard. So is your eye favor now going to be any 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 better? That that might be a thinking mm-hmm. of it as well. Like it's how <laughs> much work has he been doing? Like mm-hmm. has he been in train? Like has he been improving or trying to improve or has he been has he been coaching? I don't really know what's been going on. Your eye favor. Yeah, like I think the, the main event could be Josh Emmett versus Mirsad Bektic. Like that could be that could be a number one contender fight at featherweight as well. You know, Mirsad Bektic, obviously my boy, I'm a bit biased towards Mirsad Bektic team she and I've liked him for a long time. But I think he's a really, really good fighter. You know, he's won his last two, especially the last one against you know Ricardo Lamas. That's a big name yeah. he took out there. Uh and you know, that he's was, that was very close, was it? Very if I remember close, right. Yeah, it was very yeah. close, but thirteen and one, you know, you should be pushing him. And Josh Emmett is a guy as well who's yeah. I don't know if he's from Sacramento or he, he trains out of Sacramento anyway. You know, he's four 14 and 2 as well. There's a couple of yeah, good he's only lost to, like he lost his fifth decision to Des Green uh, what, a couple of years ago now. And then obviously Jeremy Stevens, like you know, the hard hitting 45er. Yeah, people don't time. move. Hmm. People don't move when he hits them. So hmm. like you can, you is, can, this you guy can write that one off. He's beaten. He's beaten Ricardo Lamas with a with a knockout in the first round. He's hmm. he's beaten Michael Johnson in a knockout. Like you know, this is these are good guys. Uh, Bechtich is obviously he's been a prospect for so long. Like uh, I think we were saying like. Three years ago, he needs to kind of shit or get off the pot, but yeah. uh, a lot of injuries. Just the injuries. Yeah. Oh, it's because constant. Uh, has he has he time to improve at the rate he should have, or he was we kind of expected him to improve at when he was a prospect with all these injuries? When you're trying to rehab, you're trying to. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's hard to it's hard for him to ever get to the the, the level that he would have with all these injuries. Yeah, but uh, if he's gonna make it happen, this is it. Like you know, you gotta win this one. Yeah, that's true. If he doesn't win this one. That we probably have to say he's not quite the prospect we thought he was. Don't you dare! Don't you fucking dare! This card, uh, looking at it, <laughs> this card is like an upside down card. It gets better when when further you go down. Um, Marvin Vittori versus Cesar Ferreira is going to be a good fight. Two big hard fuckers at middleweight. Then you have Andre Feely against Shaman Morais, which should be a fun fight. I always love Andre Feely fighting. You know, he may not be the big knockout artist or anything. He's a few of them, but I've I always enjoy him. I like Shaman Morais as well. Juliana Pena coming back here against you know former world champion Nico Montagna. Ryan Hall against my boy Darren Elkins. What a fucking fight that is! Ryan Hall versus Darren Elkins. You... Yeah, I always like a, I always like a Ryan Hall fight. And I, I always like, like a Darren Elkins yeah. fight. So, <laughs> be glad. that should be the main event. Who do you think will win that? It's a tough one. Like I can, like, like Ryan Hall. Like he, he's not just one dimensional. He does have a little bit um, on the feet. Like he has a few. He's able to hold his own a little bit, but. Uh, if it hits the ground, I think he's going to win very quick. But Darren Elkins no mug on the ground, but Ryan Hall is just a uh, different level. This one could go really could go either way. Uh, I think Ryan Hall will probably get a submission at some stage. He's just so tricky at getting in on those under you and on you. And, uh, he doesn't fight that often, and Darren Elkins is a very good fighter and can take a lot of damage, but and it's called the damage, but submissions are kind of when you're at that high level you get condom you, you just gotta tap mm-hmm. yeah I, I think it's a different a difficult one as well it's it's hard to know uh you know it's hard to know who he's gonna gonna fight or sorry it's hard to know who's gonna win the fight but you know as you said if, if it gets to the ground and and ryan hall can get on in on a, a leg or an ankle or something he'll um he'll probably get the win but if you know if uh if elkins can get on top of him and pound him out or get him up against the fins and land a few big shots you know Ryan yeah Hollis. he definitely has methods of victory here mm-hmm. uh, it's just there's always that danger of getting submitted yeah and i think I ryan hall's ryan hall's very very crafty at get, getting people uh to the ground or even jumping on their backs 
Yeah, I agree. Um, right, before we go here, just a quick thing. This morning, a few um, Bellator Dublin fights have been uh, have been announced. Um, Paul Redmond is fighting Brandon Gritz, which to me is a, a very, very good fight. I, I like that fight uh, a lot. And then Brian Moore has got an opponent as well, Toby Mishk. I don't really know who he is, but I yeah. suppose we'll, we'll Brian's on a new contract there recently yeah. as well with Bellator, I think he put up on uh, Instagram. Yeah, you'll be hoping for something better maybe for Brian Brian Moore. I, th- I, I think he's a very good fighter. I think he's, you know, <laughs> very underrated as well. And, you know, that that's maybe a little bit disappointing, I think. I was hoping Brian Moore would get a, would get a bigger fight. He was calling out Joe Warren and stuff. But, you know, it's good to see him on the, the fight yeah. card anyway. And hopefully he walks out to Maniac 2000 as well. But I, I don't think he will. But that Brandon Gritz, Paul Redman fight, though. That's, that's a very good <laughs> fight, isn't it? I like yeah, that's that fight. that's a very good fight, yeah. Um, it's probably be probably be a really close fight, like like most Paul Redman fights. Mm-hmm. Um, the it's a hard one to know. Like it's really it's a tough fight for for Redmond. Um, I think Gritz is kind of underrated a little bit, but Redmond's just so hard nosed and he he's able to tough out situations and he's crafty on the ground as well. So uh, I'm not really rich, sure which way this one's going to go. I'd say it's going to be close. Probably be split decision yeah and I suppose the main event then is was announced a couple of a couple of weeks ago it's Cal Eleanor versus James Gallagher and you know Cal beat Nathan Grayson in his last fight in, at Bellator Newcastle and you know he's been around for a, for a good while as well but you know I, I suppose it'd be a good fight it'll be a, it's a good matchup but it's another one that maybe it's it is going to be the main event like and they, to me that's a little bit disappointing as a main event you know this, how how long can Bellator keep doing this just James Gallagher against you know because people from, care people yeah. care Sean uh, do they like, though will oh, they continue to they care do. people yeah I think so like who do Bellator have that they could put on this card that, that people care more about in the main event MVP versus Kylie but they're not going to do that you know realistically I, uh, why not I think I think that it'll be on the card I think they'll do it. You think they'll put, they'll do that? In yeah, Dublin? I do. Yeah, I think they probably I will. I think it'll probably be the co-main event. Really? Yeah. Uh, I, I I'd be shocked if they get, if they put a fight that good. Yeah, <laughs> shocked, but I'd be surprised. Like good, yeah. But like, I think they need how? Uh, I was talking this about to someone it's about this like the, the EMEA day. UFC thing where they don't really put the big stars they have even though MVP's coming yeah, off a loss they don't really put them on these cards that's a big mistake for Bellator I think because Bellator are not the UFC they can't draw yeah, on their name true. alone they cannot do that I, uh, you know Dave Meltzer does this you know does a great podcast and he knows all about you know the, the gates and how you get people in and all and he was talking about this uh, AEW you know, the, the new wrestling uh, the new wrestling promotion and he talked about the second show how the second show is really the one you know you have one show and it's a big show and everyone's going to go to it because it's the first show but the second show is the big one who will turn up how many people will, will turn up will there be demand for tickets and that's this is the real second show you know i was at the the last bellator show and someone from bellator i i, I said to him how, how did you get everyone here and he goes because this is bellator you know this is not bamator anymore this is not bama with bellator this is bellator so now this none is the second bellator card let's see how many people are at this if this is nine thousand people for this card again or if it's eight thousand five hundred or whatever you can say a blow away success then you're you're you're, you're looking at this for everyone going forward but you're not talking you know there's not negative coming out of it but if this is three and a half thousand four thousand people and there's a, a top section cut off which i don't think it will be i think it will be good but then it's a different conversation and you're talking about you know it's a mistake for them not to put these big names on the card i think they should never allow themselves to get to that position you should draw the irish fans with gallagher and kylie and redmond and 
you know whoever else and then you should draw the 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 ufc fans of which there are a lot because of conor mcgregor you should draw them in with some you know big name guys like you know okay maybe not a rory mcdonald or a Bader or whatever but other guys like that even a you know a phil davis or a you know or an mvp or someone like that that people actually know or a benson henderson why can't benson henderson be on this card he's not a belt or anything like that i really think and it wouldn't do it wouldn't make any difference to them only make the card better and it, you know I, I don't see any logic against that. I think they have well, to they, do that. They probably think, oh, well, Gallagher's a, a draw here and Benson Henderson's kind of a draw anywhere. We can use him on a different card. Like, I can understand I can understand both ways. If they do put a, a Benson or an MVP on the card, it'd be, it'd be great. But I, I do understand they don't really have that many recognizable names like the UFC do. And they need, the, when, when they, they want to put on a good card, they... Uh, a successful card they they can't really lump these guys together too often this is an important market for them though I really yeah. think it is because they can in the, the you know the Ireland UK Europe market they can get they can get a step up on the UFC because they can afford to put those big fighters on it. We saw them at, you know, the the they, they put some big fights they, they, over in London. They put was Rory McDonald on that card and Paul Daly and all those guys. Like Paul Daly should be on this card as well. You know, he he fought not too long ago. A lot of those big guys from from England and stuff they should be on this card. I really think they put a they, they put a big card in Newcastle, a big name on on that as well. And we I'm not saying you know give us Bader versus whoever in the heavyweight title. Give us Rory McDonald. You know, stack this card with two or three title fights or even one title fight one or two big names is enough i really think that you're you know you have to please this audience because this audience is huge for you like if you can keep it going if you can't keep it going it's going to fall by the wayside especially in dublin because dublin is the one where you you can draw those big people you're not going to do yeah. it all the time in newcastle without people kinda, like over here maybe more than a lot of places want to be want to buy want to be interested want to buy mm-hmm. a ticket if as long as you make it worth their while Mm-hmm. that is 100% yeah so like it's interesting and this is very early days and they, I'm not saying it, whether it's positive or negative you know they might do it if you put MVP versus Kylie on this card it's it turns out to me straight away to be a, a really really good card and maybe if you put someone else on it as well it's going to be a top 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 card one of the best cards we've you know we've we've ever seen you know since the the days of of the the UFC coming to Dublin where they had the, the you know McGregor on the fight but what, what, one last thing before we go what do you think the fact that Conor McGregor is the only Irish born, Irish trained fighter in the UFC right now. Is that isn't that a bit sad? Well, if you look at how many actual people are in Ireland and how many, it's not really that surprising. I don't yeah, think. but there was a lot of them before. We, what we have before. Yeah, that was just kind of the the the, the gravy train was was rolling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they needed more Irish guys. That there was a lot of bitch stuff lying around. Is there? Yeah, they they they, <laughs> need, they they needed some Irish guys. That like you know, they, we need some Irish guys in here. That like yeah. basically, uh, it's a, I, and that's happened to Bellator now. It's, 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 yeah, I still have that thing. Like when Brian Moore signed his new contract the other day, I was like, I was happy for him. Great contract, and I was like, I wish he was in the UFC. Like <laughs> I wish a lot of these guys were in the UFC and see how far they can go. Okay, they can go back and go to Bellator again, but. It's still, I know Bellator has improved an awful lot as well, and they're giving them good fights around here, but it's, you know, even if one or two in the UFC, and, you know, McGregor's not really fighting, and, you know, we've Joseph Duffy, obviously, as well, and a few guys trained in, in SBG and other places around Ireland who are, who are in the UFC, and, you know, Norman Park is doing very well as well, not in the UFC, but he's, you know, won, what, 
four fights in a row now or something and he's a big fight coming up again I think so it's not a bad time for Irish MMA at all but the fact that there's really nobody in the UFC you know trained in Ireland now you know obviously Joseph Duffy's over in Canada training and stuff McGregor is not really fighting that much you know he's obviously injured at the moment but hasn't fought in a good while um, it's a little bit sad it's a little bit sad for Irish MMA in a time where Irish MMA is struggling you know can't get shows on and we went from like this McGregor boom where there was shows all over the place where there was loads of Irish people in the UFC where Ireland was the hottest country in the world in terms of MMA at one stage and now it's dead it's, it's gone like it's gone it's all gone and all that's left Graham is me and you to talk about it every week but sure look and I suppose it's not dead not either about it every there, week. <laughs> there, is, there is Bellator and stuff as well but uh, as I said you know we, we have three uh, you know people on the card this weekend on Bellator probably the undercard like and I'm happy about that because they're getting pushed a little bit whereas before we had you know lads in main cards and you know uh, Ashling Daly fighting big fights in the UFC as well and with that we don't really have that anymore so yeah you know, it's, it is unfortunate but however hopefully this these uh, things happen sometimes in MMA they do in fairness and Ian Gary will gonna rescue us anyway and you know Kiefer Crosby will win four or five fights no here pressure, and get no a, pressure get, get a title you, shot. you're our last hope if you yeah. can't do it no one can <laughs> yeah you're the, 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 hashtag <laughs> yeah, I the guess last, no one can the, the last hope for Irish MMA Ian Gary that should be his new nickname but I know however uh, right and yeah, I think that's the say Graham before we go uh, Champions of Europe, never gonna stop. Oh dear, yeah. I've no. I actually don't have an inspirational quote for the week. I'm. I'll just. Uh, I have my uh, Clash of Kings book here. I'll read. I'll open it and I'll read. Uh, I'll read the first line that I see. Right. Uh, uh, was that your brother's will? Ned never wanted it. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or yeah. I, I actually. What day will it be next week? Probably next Sunday. This week it was Tuesday for the first time ever. But anyway. Yeah. We 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 <laughs> we, uh, we shocked people with actually sticking to the. <laughs> the day we say at the end for yeah, the first time in years I love the way whenever I have something to do I panic and say I'm not going to be able to get a podcast out and then end up getting extra podcasts out just to cover myself so if I'm busy it's actually better for everyone else because I get more podcasts but however thank you very much Graham I hope you uh, enjoy your week beautiful week out God bless everyone we'll see you all next week good luck